Are you a sneakerhead? A baller? Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. It's Kicks and Bricks, where we got game on the streets and on the court. Here's your host, Jamel Cutler. Welcome to another edition of Kicks and Bricks. Today we have Songtress Rebel Ray on. What's going on, Ray? Hey, Jamal. Hey, Rebel. How you doing? I'm doing good. I was just listening to your album um, a few minutes ago. I really like it. What What's your favorite song? What were you listening to? Dead Roses. Not the Black Roses. Was it Dead, Dead Roses? Rose? Yeah, Dead Roses. Roses. It's Black Oleander than Dead <laughs> Roses. So you're <laughs> close. <laughs> Hey, those are my favorites. You have good taste. All right, so um, your sound is very unique. Like you're youthful, but at the same time, you have like a old vintage soul. Like who are like some people that you looked up to as a as a fellow artist? I would say I mostly look up to people who are dead and gone. I really love the lyricism of artists from the 70s, like Nina Simone and Janis Joplin. And I really love classic black blues and jazz. I listen to a lot of that. So a lot of like Etta James and John Roberts and just people who used to sing from the soul. That's, that's who I pull from when it comes to my sound. But then, you know, like I grew up in, in the early 2000s and 90s. So I still keep that modern sound that I grew up on and that DC sound. But I would say my main influences are all people I learned from my grandpa and my dad, like older, older generations, how music used to sound. So like um, people like Joplin and um, all the other guys that you mentioned, like how did they influence your sound? Well, at least from a lyrical perspective, they tell stories that are very real and very reflective of what is going on in society and very reflective of what's going on in their lives. It's never really a flex. It's just singing about the reality. And it's also very metaphor driven. It's either direct or it's metaphor driven. So I feel like I fall in both categories. And then just as a, from a singer's perspective, the way they sang is like they used to sing down on tracks. So I just love the way they sound. It's just raw, raw, rawness. All right. Um, you mentioned um, Janis Joplin. I'm just curious to know, like another person from that era, um, Bob Dylan, like did he have like an influence on you? Because I think he's like one of the best songwriters and singers of his time. Like I put him in the same category with like Tupac and Bob Marley, Pink Floyd and people like, and people like them. Yeah, um, I was trying to name women, but if I'm being honest, Bob Dylan is who I play the most. <laughs> so yes, um, everything he put out in the late 1960s, like all of his first visions of work 
were really and, and that folky sound and that that turn to folk it was really influential especially for this album of wanting to reach into the realities of what it's like to be a person these days um when did you first realize you wanted to be a singer uh when i was in fifth grade no when when i was 10 yeah fifth grade fifth grade was when i really started going hard on wanting to be a singer i was in music lessons and um I sung Christina Aguilera's Reflection. And from there on, it was just like, okay, I want to be a singer. All right. Um, like, through the times that we, like, currently live in, did that kind of, like, influence your stage name, Rebel Ray? I chose my name before the times, but my influences have been my influences since I started recording music, which was probably about two, 2015, 2014, um, actually a little earlier, but <laughs> like as Rebel Ray, Rebel Ray. Uh, and I chose it just for me. It really wasn't for the times. It's not for the times at all. It's actually as an artist, I was listening to Dylan and I was listening to Joplin and I was listening to modern music and I just was wondering what happened, <laughs> what, 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 what are the differences, what has happened through time and the ecology of the internet that has created the artists that we have today and what kind of pressures. And with that, I was like, if I name myself rebel, I can't ever not be a rebel. I can't ever not be about it. I mean, you can be, but you have to hold yourself to a certain standard. And if you don't, your name will always call you out. That's what I was searching for. That's where Rebel Ray comes from. Like, I was a rebellious teenager and not in the normal sense either, just in the, in the normal sense is the way that people have defined a rebel. I would like to redefine rebel because a rebel is just somebody who is, stands against the status quo, stands against the status quo and stands strong again in what they believe in and their convictions. So I don't want to be known as a rebel because I'm running around setting things on fire or just being <laughs> outrageous and, and ostentatious. I mean, those things might happen, but <laughs> I want to be known as the rebel. So even when the big houses come and the people who will say yes over anything come, I remember who I am and what it is and who I was and nothing will ever change that. That's really ad admirable. Um... Like, can you talk about like the grind that you went through and like kind of finding your singing voice and like your own signature um, sound that we know? Yes. Yes, Jamal, I can. <laughs> so the grind has been steady. The grind is still happening. Discovering and solidifying my sound is still happening. When you listen to the album, what you'll find is that it's not a cohesive start to finish R&B project where you're like, I don't know which song I'm on. It is a soundtrack. It is a reflection of a lifestyle. And right now that's what my sound is. I, I'm many things. As a black woman, I have many things. I have many different modes and filters. And discovering my sound is not limiting myself in any of those areas. I'm unlimited. I'm 
whatever you want to do. You want to you want to add a little country tang to a track today? We're going to do it. You want to add you want some, you know, you don't really see a lot of black women particularly in this industry uh fully to me and I haven't heard every black woman in this industry, but fully reflecting vulnerability. And you just said you were listening to Dead Roses and I wanted white woman vulnerability. <laughs> if that makes sense to you like I, I don't want people to listen to me and just see my color, but after they listen to me, I want to make sure they remember my color and who I am and what my name is and what kind of person I am. All right. So like some of the most classic projects, unfortunately, it comes from other people pain. And um, I feel like one of the best singles that you have like come out with so far is we the people like i think i kind of know how the song came about but can you like detail like the concept behind the song so we the people actually came about and popped into my head funny enough around i want to say 2015 at a bernie sanders rally in san diego um but i also want to say like People need to understand about me because I know when people see me, they're right away going to be like, oh, she's being interviewed in Hoops Magazine. Like she's she's at this level, right? But when I was writing Me the People and composing all these things, I was in the crowd with them. I was standing in line with them. And I was missing a sound that described what we were doing and what we were going through as a people. It's, it's, almost pompous to say that I had the foresight to know what we were going towards. But as an artist, I was truly looking at everything that was happening and understanding where we were going towards. And then I was listening to Janice and Nina and Bob and saying, which artist is out here reflecting the times? Is it different now? It is. Um, you have a lot more artists coming out with politically driven music. But at the time we, we the people released, nobody was really coming out with uh, I call them protest spirituals <laughs> because I was showing up to the protest and any playlist that was playing was straight up like 1960s, 70s, maybe a touch of 80s music. There was no modern music reflecting what we as a people were going through. And I understand that it's the entertainment industry and everybody wants to be entertained 24 seven, but part of entertainment has to be talking about what we're going through. And the other thing that I was seeing happening profusely is nobody else was technically going through it. I was like, everybody who's making the music and on the charts and big right now, of course they can't relate to us. They're not rating in line like us. They're not doing what we're doing, but I was doing it. And I was in a position where I could make the music about it that I wanted to hear while I was waiting in line, while I was protesting, while I'm on the front lines. And so that's where We The People came from. It didn't come specifically from recent events. It didn't come specifically from uh, the protests that happened four years ago, three years ago. It happened before that. And I think it's very important to know that this has been coming. And that's, I don't know, We The People was just an encompassing of that. I, I'm very involved in activism. So I selfishly made it for myself and for everybody else. I like on the video that um, that you use Gil Scott Heron. And to be honest with you, I recently discovered like 
discovered who he was through watching the Get Down on Netflix. So um, yeah, yeah, I love the Get Down. <laughs> like, how did um Gil Scott's like soul kind of inspire like the video portion of the song? Well, the video was inspired actually by the whole Black Panther movement in the late 19, mid 1970s. I really wanted, I'm, I'm a history buff cause I'm from DC. So I really want to always pour, pull on historical context, especially if it's a song with as much gravity as we the people. So in the video, it was really important to me to show how we've been here before a mere generation ago. It wasn't a long time ago. And to bring and pull people back to where that took place. So not only did you see Gil Scott, but what you also, we shot the whole video in Oakland and we shot it specifically at places where the Black Panthers had significant events. And then when you see Deontay's part, he shot specifically where Martin Luther King had specific events, including in front of Martin Luther King's old house. So the whole video is littered with historical Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah, I was I was getting I was getting those vibes because like you kind of reminded me of um, Asada Shakur and Angela Davis in that video. Like those were the vibes that that was that my was vibes. Getting. That was the energy I was trying to deliver <laughs> to you. I mean, but it's also what I'm witnessing as an artist is a rebirth. This is a repeating of the times in a different version. So it was very important for me not to establish myself as, as the leader, because I'm not the leader. I'm part of the crowd, which is very important, being part of the, part of the many. I'm making music about being part of the many while recognizing these leaders and while taking on the energy of these leaders. And hopefully what it influences is you say, I reminded you of Sada Shakur, but a lot of people don't know her story and haven't read her books. They know of her, they know of, they know her son, you know, they'll rep hard for her, they'll say her name, but like, have you ever read her book? Have you ever seen her specific documentaries? Do you know where she is right now and what happened to her? So I hope as an artist, by giving off this energy and being in these places that it just plants a seed that makes you want to go back and look and study and understand how strong and how real we need to be for what's ahead of us. Um, can we expect like a sequel to like We the People that kind of reflects everything that's going on in 2020, whether it's be um, whether it's Breonna Taylor, the election, anything like that? Do you want one? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't plan on stopping. I. I'm still out in these streets and I'm still writing. So there's definitely, there's always gonna be an encore. There's all, there will always be an encore. I'm not jumping around subjects. This isn't novelty for me. Will every piece I make be centered around politics? No, but I definitely have something coming for the follow-up to lead the people. All right, so like you mentioned the Black Panthers earlier, like their um, whole, I. Their whole idea was um, about self-defense and voting. Like, can you talk about like the importance of, of voting so like the system can change in more favor of us, so we don't have to like live in constant fear of like 
being shot for no reason or being stopped by the police for no reason? Of course. The significance of voting is as old as America. If it wasn't significant, they wouldn't have tried to stop us. They wouldn't have tried to make us pay. They wouldn't have tried to test us. They wouldn't have killed us over it. I understand that people are in a moment where they believe voting will not help. But the most significant part about voting is that it will move us forward in a different direction from where we are. Voting is right now your only significant power to influence the government, it just is. You can go to school, you can become a lawyer, you can be standing on the front lines. And I don't wanna underestimate what protesting and standing on the front lines and calling your representatives does. And I hear people who are anti-voting, but they have to remember that this is your say. This is your significant contribution to the great system. And you might wanna dismantle the system, but there is an easier route to dismantling the system and a much harder route to dismantling the system or changing the system. And not voting versus voting is the difference. Your vote, it just counts. It's such a cheesy phrase, your vote counts, but your vote counts. It is, it's everything. You know, you are one of the many. Unless you don't vote, then you're none of the many. Then you're none. You, you have an option here, you have a choice. And to believe in the pessimistic view that your vote doesn't count or that your vote is nothing or that your vote doesn't equate to the big situation at hand is not enough of a reason because your vote is one of the many. Your vote is necessary. Your vote is needed. Your vote is part of the equation. Um, and how do you plan on voting? Like me personally, I don't trust the mail and stuff. So I'm going to the, I'm going to the polls no matter the weather, um, no matter what, because I just don't trust the mail or the government like that. So, so like, um, how do you plan on um, <laughs> casting your vote this year? I plan on casting my vote. Well, I was actually thinking about my voting plan today because I was team mail-in. Now I'm team early vote. If your city has city, county, state, if your city has it, your state has it, early voting I think is the way to go. In-person early voting, get your weight out of the way. So my plan right now is to go with early voting. If early voting for some reason is not an option. Also early voting, if you have any hiccups, We'll let you know ahead of time. Last thing you want is to walk up on election day and find out that your vote can't just go. I think mail-in is a great option for a lot of people, especially if you're disabled or older. But I'm, I'm team early vote. If you can early vote, early vote. Get your sticker early. Get it all early. Get an NBA shirt that says vote on it. I don't know if they're selling those, but I really want one. Go to vote.org. Figure out your vote routine. Some people are busy. Voting still isn't a holiday in this country, which, but 
I'm team early vote. I think that's the best option for everybody because like you said, mail can't be trusted right now. And in-person voting is the best option, but voting day, I have no clue what those lines are gonna look like. I have no clue. You know, it's and, you, and you know it's crazy to me, like OGs like Snoop Dogg and Mike Tyson and other people that's like older than me, like this election is their first time voting because they didn't know that because they had like a jail record that they couldn't vote. Wait, I didn't know. So Snoop Dogg is saying it's his first, Snoop yeah. is saying it's his first it's election first time. Voting. Mike Tyson too. Like, you like it, there's a lot of crimes happening in the American prison system. But one of the major things to me is that there is no release information programs. So upon release, as just like you're read your rights when you get in, you should be read your rights when you get out. And people like Snoop Dogg having to do their own research and having to reach out to people. And he has all the money and access to the world. And he couldn't find out that he could vote until all of these hoops and battles and pressure. That's, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. And that's another reason voting is so important because you do have, especially in the black community, a lot of people who have been jailed up for whatever reason, and they do not know they can vote. They do not understand they can vote. And the hoops that they might have to jump through to vote honestly might not come through in the next six weeks that we have till the election. You know, I, I don't know what you have to do. I don't know if you have to fill out an application, but I know if I fill out an application right now and mail it, it's gonna take eight weeks until I get a response. And that's why it's even more important for everybody who has access to voting to go out. That's why it's even more important that the NBA is doing this voter drive. I've seen, I don't know about you, but I've been online lately. I've been on social media lately. And the amount of times I have to pass like the X on the voter registration because they are bombarding us. Like every single site, every single everything is vote voter registration. And I personally love it. I love out of all sports league, honestly, NBA has done the most smooth thing. Yeah the best integration of voting and social justice into a sports league. I was telling my friend that the other day while I was watching, last night while I was watching the Lakers game, like the vote Lakers shirts are sickening. As a musician who writes about history and sings about history, I'm like, this is so historical. And I don't know, all I can, I can't say enough about voting. I could talk it all day because once again, I'm from DC and it is like a major tenant of our community. <laughs> you know, and, and also I feel if more people voted than um, the attorney general in Kentucky, I don't, like I think he wouldn't be there and the officers that, that murdered Breonna Taylor, they would be locked up right now, exactly where they belong. I agree. Like voting, a lot of people don't understand because we're not educated correctly in America that voting isn't just the president. It's not just your congressman. It is your state representative. That man who refused to press charges against Breonna Taylor, even if he is a black man, is a stronghold, stone cold Trump supporting Republican. Now, if you are about that, that is great for you. But if you have any problems with the Republican Party, with Trump, with 
how this man of Kentucky treated this case. You can make him lose his job. You could take his job away. Now the protests help, the protests help every time because the protests have made a lot of people who shouldn't be in office uh, submit, their submit their resignations. So that's, that shows you right there that protests do work. But you know what's a lot smoother and a lot less heat on your skin and a lot less work is one day. One day you show up to these polls and you vote and you don't check his name. You don't check his name. A lot of DAs in major cities don't even run campaigns. If you're running for Congress, you need at least a million. If you're running for presidents, you need these days like almost a billion dollars. But if you're running for your state's DA, you need less than a million in order to win because people do not show up to vote. And that is the most important thing about voting. Obviously, we all have our opinions on these, this president and our congressperson and what's going on in Washington. But you have to understand that the importance of voting goes beyond what you see on national television. It goes on with what you see in your neighborhood. The DA in Kentucky did not matter to any of us before this Breonna Taylor case. But you know who it did matter to? Every single citizen in Kentucky, especially Louisville, that matters to them. And you have to realize that the person who can put you in jail or the person who can put the people who shot you or the people who discriminated against you in jail is the person you vote in on voting day. Right. And, uh, and you know what's crazy to me? Last week when I seen that they offered Breonna Taylor's family $15 million or $12 million, whatever it was, I knew that those offices was, was going to get off. Oh, as soon as that, as soon as, I mean, I knew, I knew beforehand, we all did. Honestly, I think everybody did, but the 12 million cemented it. Like you saw, I saw that 12, I saw the records that it hit and I was like, oh, there's, this is, this is a band-aid. That's what that is. Man, it's crazy. Like, I just hope one day that those officers, that they, um, that they face the charges that they deserve because look, because let's be honest, if that was me or you, and we did what they did, I mean, we would be locked up and tried and all that with, within a year. We'd be in big jail. Right. We'd be in jail for the rest of forever. It's, it's all it is. But it's just, it's always shocking me. I always come back to so many people do not understand that that is somebody and something that we can actually control through our voting. And that's why I like what the NBA is doing with their voting drive, with the voting campaign, with the voting registration, with the shirts, because it's so much subliminal messaging. I can't wait to see the numbers. I can't wait to see the polls because voting is the most important thing right now. It is, it's the quickest way to enact change, six weeks. In six weeks, you can enact real change. It might not be all the change you want, but it is a significant something. All right, so I, so I kind of want to transition to your album, like the view from down here, like how did you grow from like your last project to this project? The view from down here 
is an extension of 2016. It is. 2016 was a reflection of the times. And the view from down here is just a further energy. It is what, what have the last four years been for us? And what has the last four years been for me? And that's why I didn't just stick to my political messaging that I had on my EP. That's where the growth is, honestly, where I didn't just stick to a political album. I wanted an album that shows somebody can be about politics and about protests and about activism and see what's going on in the world and also have heartache and also have struggles and trials and tribulations. It is, it is my foundation. The album is a soundtrack to my foundation of honestly the last four years, but also right now. All right, so like you wrote the bulk of the album in the UK, like um, like the home of Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, like Amy Winehouse, they all wrote classic music in the UK. Like, um, what was it like writing the bulk of the album there? And did you feel like their spiritual presence being there? Because I remember one time I visited um Jimi Hendrix Studios here in New York City, like I and I wrote like what just just one article there because because I know somebody that worked there and he let me in. And I don't know if it's just me being paranoid or just trying to feel something, but I kind of felt his vibe there in the studio. Did you like kind of feel any? His vibe is there. His vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's not in your head. It's not in your head. It's, his vibe is there. Amy's vibe is there all over Camden. I actually recorded I mean, London. London's a whole different interview. It goes so it goes so deep. What happened to me in London? But I actually recorded a bulk of the music in a major studio in London, where a lot of these historic people had walked through, and it was on feeling that vibe and feeling that energy that I started creating this music in London. Like I ended up in this studio just by circumstance, just by friendships, just by being around, being in London for a night, knowing people in music. I ended up back in the studio about five to seven times. Different producers, different situations. Like my energy kept coming back to this place. In this, in London, in this situation, the music kept pouring out of me. So if you're trying to ask me if there's magic in the air in London, you know, I think there is, if you ask me. There is magic in the air of London. I don't know what is up with London town, mate, but it it does something. It, maybe maybe it's because, I don't know. No, I'm not gonna go on that tangent, but I definitely think the Londoners who came before me left an energy there for me to pick up off on. Um, and it's very interesting too, because American music is so influential in London and London music specifically is so influential in America. And I think the crossing of those, I, I'm not really, I could not tell you how many Americans go to London to record, but the crossing of those energies definitely fueled me and propelled me. And the, it was really interesting to record music and be making my music whilst things were happening in America and I wasn't there. 
Because when I go to London, I go for like months at a time and I'm witnessing America happen. And it's such a different perspective. It's such a different energy. It's crazy to see how people in a different country are responding to us as our major events are happening. And so a lot of that also curtailed in and flowed in and mixed into the cyclical motion that is the album. And they have like such cool accents too. Like every time I'm around a British person, it feels like I'm making a big purchase for some reason. Listen, the Londoners will tell you that my accent isn't good, but I tell them it's excellent. <laughs> it's so good. And, you know, we're all Anglophiles in America. <laughs> all right. So, um, and another one of my favorite songs from the album is Rain. Like, can you talk about like the creative process behind the song? Because it kind of felt like I felt your soul like throughout that whole song. Well, with Like Rain, it was actually created in London, but I had thought about it in LA for probably months. And it was really describing an emotion and energy I was feeling. I was showing up to these protests. I was living my reality, which was crazy in its own, being a young 20 something in LA. And it just, it felt like an energy that I couldn't describe. Like I couldn't, all I had is the like rain um, hook. And in London, I think it was about two weeks in, I was supposed to go home and I had one, I had 40 minutes left in my studio session. I had just finished a different song and it was like, you have 40 minutes left. It was supposed to be my last studio session in London. And then I was going back to America and I was like, I had another writer in there, his name is Darren. And I was like, listen, there's this feeling and this, this idea that I cannot articulate, but I can sing it. I know what the song's supposed to sound like and feel like. And me and him in 10 minutes wrote the whole song. I think I did one, maybe two rounds on the track. And then we got like rain. It was just there, it was there instantly. And it is emotion. That's that's the only way to get a song quickly like that is <laughs> pure emotion. <laughs> and we can't talk about emotion without talking about Dead Roses that we kind of touched on earlier. Like, did like a real life situation kind of inspire that song for you? Because it felt 100%. real to me. A hundred percent. I don't want to, I don't really like telling people what songs are about because I don't want to skew how they hear them. But Dead Roses for me just came from a very emotional period in my life, like it does for everybody, like all songs come from. And I was just feeling this pull towards darkness, honestly. And I had one person who also had a pull towards their darker sides. And that's, to me, what dark sides are. They're dead roses. And darkness is still beautiful. And as an artist, I was like, how can I encapsulate this darkness and add a little light to it? But really overall, make the overall reaching message is darkness is okay. We all go through it. It happens to everybody. We all leave a little dead road, a few petals on the table. These things make us into who we are. They, my darkest moments have made me into an artist. They've carved me. And Dead Roses is an ode to the dark times, an ode to the people I've seen come out of dark times, 
an ode to how humans get through darkness, which is the sleep alone with you tonight. That's that, you know, uh, when you're in a dark time, you don't want to you don't want to cuddle up to a significant other, but you don't, you don't want to sleep alone. You know, you want somebody in the room. And it's just an ode to being somebody in the room, to being a support system, to having a support system and not wanting to ask for it. Just, you should know, you should know. All right, so like throughout the creation of the album, like what did you learn about yourself? I learned to influence myself. You entertainment industry and the sports industry are really alike in this sense where outside opinions hold a lot of weight to what you create to how you perform and this whole project was an ode to what i'm actually going through what i actually feel what i actually see what i'm actually experiencing all right so i want to thank you for coming on today like i really enjoyed this interview and i really like your new album thank you the view from down here all right do you have any last words for the fans out there stream my album the view from down here you'll be happy you did it you know listen every song start to finish follow me on all the majors social media and just be yourself and be about it. That's that's all of it. Be yourself and be about it. All right. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me.